Hey, good morning, afternoon, or evening on uh, this Thursday release of our journey through Scripture. I hope that uh, you've enjoyed this process. Again, I encourage you um, at any point, you can go back and listen to any of these. You can listen to them in order uh, or just pick up wherever you may. Uh, I hope that it's something that is being beneficial to you. And if it is, I, I encourage you to share it with other people. Um, even those who may not be too familiar with Scripture. I ho- hope that it's done in a way that will be uh, encouraging to them as well. Uh, we, we talk a lot about uh, God and how He interacts with us, and, uh, and I think we, we, we try to make sure that we don't shy away from the difficult <laughs> uh, aspects of Scripture and the things that we don't have a whole lot of answers to many times. Uh, but I, I sure am enjoying this journey through Scripture with you. Uh, my name is Philip. I'm pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas, and today we're we're gonna we're continuing in Exodus. We're starting right now with a kind of a little creep, but we're gonna take some big chunks here in a minute uh, in the next uh, few weeks. But uh, right now we're just gonna look at chapters three and four because uh, I, I think these are very foundational uh, and important. So last week we or on Tuesday uh, we talked about the birth of Moses. Uh, the, the evil that Pharaoh was doing. He has now enslaved the people. Um, he had the horrific order of throwing the, uh, um, any boy that was born into the Nile. Um, and then we have Moses being born into that situation. Uh, and then Moses uh, getting in trouble, getting, stepping in, ends up killing an Egyptian who was beating a Hebrew. Um, uh, Pharaoh finds out about all of that and Moses flees to Midian where he's in Midian now for many years. Uh, he begins to have a family there, and he's now going to be a shepherd. <laughs> and that's where chapter 3 uh, picks up. So take a moment if you want to read chapters 3 and 4. Uh, pause and then come back to us. So chapter, th- chapter 3 uh, is the burning bush. Right, This is something that most people are familiar with. Uh, whether they are, believe in God or not, they've probably heard the the term the burning bush, Moses and the burning bush. And uh, one thing that jumped out to me there in uh, uh, chapter 2, you have uh, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire from the midst of a bush. Uh, So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush doesn't burn. Now that's, that's interesting uh, to me, <coughs> excuse me. Interesting how he, he the Bible specifically says that he decides. Okay, I'm going to turn aside from the path that I'm going. That's the picture. Is that you kind of get that Moses is shepherding his flock, fo- following his sheep, whatever he may be doing, and he's going this direction. And he looks out over here and he sees this uh, bush uh, that's a, a flame and it doesn't p- appear to be burning up. And so he decides. You know what? I'm I'm actually going to go over and check that out. Um, you know, when we think about God calling us to do something and us entering into a trusting relationship with God, there has to be that point that we actually turn aside from the way that we're going and move towards God. Um, and you know, there's there's times you know that that maybe we are tempted to do that. We see God doing something, we're like, oh. You know, maybe that's something that I would be interested in, but it's so easy just to get sucked back in and say, no, you know what, I need to go take care of these sheep over here. I don't have time to go check that out. Um, and, but Moses 
sees that and he decides, you know what, I, I, this is worthy to be checked out. And that's backed up by the next verse. Uh, verse 4 says, So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. Right? So just, just kind of a, a big picture and a thought of that. You know, I think there's a lot of times that God is kind of calling out to us, uh, but we have to actually turn and look to him. We have to seek him out as well. Uh, he's, he's going to be calling to us, but we do have to turn and be willing to listen, to be willing to engage with God. And Moses was. And so now Moses is being called into something that uh, he, he, honestly, he may wish he would have just kept following the sheep, <laughs> but, but he didn't. He, uh, he uh, listened to God. And so now he's, he's having this unbelievable conversation with God. Uh, God says, take off your sandals for you are on holy ground. There was nothing special about that ground except that God was there. God is the one who makes things holy. Um, you know, and being in God's presence is, is being on holy ground. And so Moses is there and, and God uh, tells him, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, so, so God is revealing himself uh, to Moses. Uh, he's reminding him, this is who I am. Now, remember, Moses would have grown up in a very uh, uh, pluralistic society that worshiped many gods. So God is very clear, hey, this is who I am. I am the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. But he is, he is very, making it very clear, and we're going to kind of see that uh, throughout, that, that he is the one true God. Uh, and, uh, and so we, we see that uh, God basically uh, lets him know, I'm, I have heard the cry of my people from Egypt, that, that I, I remember them, I have not forgotten them. Now, again, it is so important for us to understand uh, the, <laughs> that God is, is above time and that, that God works in his own time. The people have been away from the promised land uh, for over 400 years now. Uh, and it's not that God forgot about them, but, uh, but it is now that God is going uh, to go and to rescue them from Egypt. And he's going to do it in a, in a powerful way. Uh, that, that will change people's lives forever. And, and so we see uh, God calling Moses, and he begins this uh, conversation with, with Moses, verse 11. Uh, but Moses says to God, <laughs> I love this, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of, Egypt out of, uh, children of uh, Israel out of Egypt? He's like, who am I? Right? That I, I'm a nobody. Remember we talked about uh, on Tuesday that uh, Moses' parents, they were just normal people. He was just a normal person. Uh, but he was specially equipped to be able to do this. Right? Now he had a connection with Pharaoh. He knew the ways of Egypt. Um, and he also was a Hebrew. And so he, he was equipped for this. God knew that. Uh, but his response is, hey, I, I'm, not, I'm not good enough for this. I'm not worthy of this. Uh, and, you know, we need to be careful with, with that. You know, we don't need to be prideful, um, but, but also don't diminish the fact that, man, God may call you to do unbelievable things, to do things that you never thought of, right? 
um, because it is not us uh, who <laughs> that, that we have to be special in order for God to use us. God actually equips us, right? He, he is the one who will equip us to do what He wants us to do. And, uh, and so that question is one that we probably all ask. Who am I? Who am I that God cares for me? Who am I that God may want to call me? Uh, you know, who, who am I? Uh, so listen to the promise that God responds. He said, so, so he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this very mountain. Right? So God has already given him the, the, how this is going to end. He's not giving him all the details, but he's like, listen, you're going to be back in this very spot with all of the people worshiping me. Uh, and this is kind of interesting. You know, one of the ways that we see uh, God's faithfulness is usually in hindsight, isn't it? <laughs> As we look back in our life, we see, oh, wow, look at how God has been, been with us uh, through, throughout uh, the, the past year throughout the past uh, two years, through those difficult times of your life, that you all of a sudden have that moment where you look back and you realize, man, God was with me, even whenever it felt like he wasn't. And, uh, and God is, is giving Moses that in advance, right? He's saying, you're going to have that moment where you're here worshiping with the people and you're going to know that my promises were true. Well, Obviously, that uh, was was not uh, a good enough answer to Moses. <laughs> he says, uh, "Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me, uh, and they're they're going to ask, what is his name? What shall I say to them?" Right? And uh, God says, and this is probably one of the most important things: says, "I am who I am, or I will be who I will be." This is a a, a very powerful word. It's it's a word that um, defies uh, definition, right? And that's who God is, that we can't truly define who He is. He is, he is in all and above all, right? He is something that, that I mean, He is the creator. Uh, how do you define that? And he, I am who I am. It's a powerful statement. Uh, and this is the, the most powerful name for God that you see throughout Scripture. Uh, the uh, uh, whenever the Jewish people are reading Scripture, they will not even pronounce this name. Uh, it's kind of the name Yahweh, uh, but it's not even read. It's a, a powerful, powerful name, the name of God. I am who I am. I will be who I will be. Um, really is a is a, a amazing testament to who God is. Uh, and it kind of puts us in our place, right, that we are under the great I am. Um, and we need to recognize that. Uh, and so God gives this name, uh, and then he starts telling uh, Abraham, here's what, uh, excuse me, he starts telling Moses, here's what I'm going to do. And he starts laying it out, and that you're going to go, and you're going to go to Egypt, you're going to go to, to Pharaoh, uh, you know, and, and he tells him it's not, not going to work out, uh, Pharaoh's not going to uh, agree with you. Uh, but eventually he will. And so he kind of starts laying all this out. And then Moses says in there in chapter 4, says, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Right? Moses is just coming up with excuse after excuse after excuse. Right? And 
And I think it's important, you know, sometimes we struggle with knowing what God is calling us to do, uh, you know, and, and we kind of struggle with that in our lives. That's, it's normal to struggle. It's normal to question. Here Moses is speaking with God, right? And he's still questioning it. So we see that, and Moses is just keeps asking God, and God at this point is still being very patient with him, and it just continues to, to answer him. So when Moses says, well, what if they don't believe me? God says, well, I'm going to give you special power that's going to come through me that will convince them. All right? And so he throws down his uh, uh, rod, and it turns into a snake. He puts his hand in his vest, and it comes, has leprosy, and then Moses puts it back, and it's clean. God is showing him, hey, the power is going to come from me, not from you. You can do this. So it uh, keeps going on. Uh, Moses hears all this, and then uh, he's like, well, you know, God, I, I'm just not really eloquent. I just don't know how to speak very well. And again, just constantly pushing back against what God is calling him to do. And uh, so God said to him, who has made man's mouth? What a, what a great response. You're telling me you're not eloquent. Well, who created your mouth? I did, <laughs> right? So just you get the feeling that God is getting to that point of being a parent, you know, where you can only ask, uh, your kids can only ask the question why so many times before you just say, because I said so, right? It's like at some point you're just going to do what I'm asking you to do. And, uh, and God is, is definitely getting to that, that point. Uh, and so, but he, he's still reassuring. I'm the one that uh, made your mouth. Um, I, I will be there. I will get, give you what to say. And then Moses finally gets to really the heart of it. In verse 13, he says, But he said, Oh, my Lord, <laughs> please send by the hand of whomever else you may serve. <laughs> he's basically saying, There's got to be somebody else. There's got to be somebody other than me, right? And, and we can look at that and say, oh, come on, Moses, why didn't you just accept this? Here's God talking to you. Um, but a lot of times that's, that may be how we feel. Um, and, and know that God is still calling you. And, and also sometimes this makes a good leader, someone that doesn't want to be in that role, <laughs> but that God knows they are equipped to do it. And so, so finally, uh, uh, verse 14, it says, so the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. He was getting frustrated. So he says, well, I'll let Aaron come along with you uh, as well, which actually turns out to be not such a great thing. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron's going to cause some problems uh, down, down the road. Uh, but, but God does give in to Moses a little bit and says, all right, fine, we'll let Aaron go with you uh, and he, he can, can speak for you. So we get there to uh, um, Moses goes back. He goes back to his wife and kids, and he tells his uh, father-in-law, hey, it's time, his father-in-law Jethro, uh, I need to go back to Egypt to where my people are. Um, And Jethro tells him to go in peace, and he begins. And and I don't want to skip over this because this is kind of a a really interesting. It says uh, in verse 22, it says, Then you shall say to Pharaoh, right? So this is God telling Moses this before he's gotten there. He says, thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. 
But if you refuse to let him go, indeed, I will kill your son, your firstborn. So God is, is basically predicting, hey, here's what's coming if Pharaoh doesn't listen to me. And it's interesting because we, we don't see that uh, Moses actually ever tells Pharaoh this uh, he, until the very end. Um, but God told Moses, hey, this is, this is how serious I am. Uh, and we'll, we'll deal with that difficulty uh, down the road. And, uh, and then that goes right into verse 24. And uh, it says, uh, and it came to pass on the way at an encampment, the Lord met uh, him and sought to kill him. Uh, who's that talking about? Is it talking about Moses or his son? We don't, it could be either one. Uh, and what, what happens though, Zipporah, Moses's wife, which this is very important. So she was a Midianite, right? she was from Midian. But she recognizes what's going on, and so she circumcises their son. And so, again, the, the, the symbolism of circumcision is vital and is very important uh, within the Jewish faith. It was, a, it was a covenant between God and the people. And so there was kind of this, what was happening, I think, is that Moses still was kind of living in the world, and maybe, maybe he wasn't fully... Uh, following God. He hadn't made that commitment to have his child circumcised. Uh, and, and that, that was, was not appropriate. And, uh, and so whenever he does that, he is now in right standing, if you will, uh, with God. And so Moses and Aaron go, they, they enter into the land of Goshen there in Egypt, and they begin to speak with the, the people of Israel uh, and and Moses does the signs that God had done for him, and it says in verse 31, it says, so the people believed, right? So they believed what Moses and Aaron were saying. And when they heard that, uh, the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked down on their affliction, then they bowed their heads and they worshiped. All right, so they they are hearing what they've been crying out for, that finally God is answering them. Finally, God is, has turned his face towards them. But we will see um, that they, they, they're not always fully on board, um, but they, now they are rejoicing because they feel that God is about to free them. And they probably think it's just going to be a, an easy process, that, that God is just going to relieve them of their suffering. But that's not how life works. But that doesn't mean that God is not entering into our lives and working through the suffering and affliction that we go through. All right, so next week uh, uh, on Tuesday, uh, you have all weekend need to read chapters 5 through 10. Uh, so quite a bit, it goes through all the plagues. Uh, so chapters 5 through 10 of Exodus, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Have a great weekend.